Welcome to Single Malt History with Gareth Russell, pouring out your serving of pure, distilled, intoxicating, and occasionally delicious history. Today's guest on Single Malt History needs no introduction, but she certainly deserves one. Penelope Wilton is known and loved by the quite literally tens of millions of fans all over the world of the British costume drama Downton Abbey, one of the most successful television shows in history. Arriving in the fictitious village of Downton in the aftermath of the Titanic disaster, Penelope's character, the compulsively useful Isabel Crawley, quickly became a fan favourite through the six seasons and two movies worth of her barb-laced friendship with Maggie Smith's Dowager Countess of Grantham. What's he doing? Oh, he just came to see me off. Mm. But we mustn't lose any time or we'll miss our train. Yeah, I know I'm late. It couldn't be helped. Cora insisted I come without a maid. I can't believe she understood the implications. Which are? Well, how do I get a guard to take my luggage? And when we arrive in London, what happens then? Fear not. I've never travelled with a maid. You can share my knowledge of the jungle. Can't you even offer help without sounding like a trumpeter on the peak of the moral high ground? And must you always sound like the sister of Marie Antoinette? The Queen of Naples was a stalwart figure. I take it as a compliment. You take everything as a compliment. I advise you to do the same. It saves many an awkward moment. Penelope is also known to millions for her performance as Anne in Netflix's Afterlife opposite Ricky Gervais. There was something you said that it's not all about me. And even though I'm in pain, it's worth sticking around to maybe make my little corner of the world a slightly better place. That's all there is. Happiness is amazing. It's so amazing, it doesn't matter if it's yours or not. There's that lovely thing. A society grows great when old men plant trees, the shade of which they know they will never sit in. Good people do things for other people. That's it, the end. And throughout her career, Penelope's appeared in some of TV and cinema's greatest hits, including The French Lieutenant's Woman, Calendar Girls, Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice, The History Boys, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, Doctor Who and The Borrowers. She's played several historical figures, including the Virgin Mary, novelist Beatrix Potter, socialite Lady Ottiline Morell, Queen Victoria's mother, the Duchess of Kent and Queen Elizabeth II in Steven Spielberg's adaptation of Dahl's The BFG. Now, Penelope is preparing to return to the world of the British royal family by playing Elizabeth II's mother, Queen Elizabeth the Queen Mother, in the new West End play Backstairs Billy, written by Marcelo dos Santos, directed by Michael Grandage, and co-starring Luke Evans as the Queen Mother's favourite and confidant, William Backstairs Billy Talon. I am delighted to welcome Penelope here with us today. Penelope, thank you so much for joining us on Single Malt History. It's a pleasure. Well, 
I've had a little bit of preamble for our listeners about the show Backstairs Billy, but can you tell us a little bit about it and, uh, and, and, and what the story is and what the focus is? Uh, well, it, it's really about this great friendship between the Queen Mother and her, her head of domestic, uh, uh, her head of the domestic household who was called, um, Backstairs Billy. But his real name was William Tallon. And he worked for the Queen Mother from the age of 15 until the Queen Mother died, which was about 45 years later. And, um, it's, 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 the, the play focuses on their relationship. It was a relationship that was very particular because it never crossed the line between the Queen Mother being the Queen Mother and um, William Tallon being, uh, he worked his way up from footman to head of the domestic household. Um, but it was always had that line. But he organised her sort of, her entertainment, um, looked after the dogs, bought the flowers, did everything that you would need to do in that way. Um, he had nothing to do with the business side, which she, of course, had a, a, a private secretary and she had ladies-in-waiting. But the other side, um, he was involved with. So really, our focus is on that relationship and the way he entertained her, the way he kept her spirits up, um, the way they, they, they looked after each other in many respects. So that's what the play is about. Well, that's, I mean, it's wonderful, actually. For, it was strange when I was writing about the Queen Mother, I remember thinking, gosh, it's so odd that no one has done the Talon friendship because it just seemed like such a golden opportunity yes. for theatre. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, indeed. And I, I didn't, when I first was sent the play by Marcelo Dos Santos, who is um, a, a new writer to the West End, um, I, I didn't know the story. I didn't know anything about Backstairs Billy, which, which is what he was called. He was called that by uh, people who worked with him. And he was, uh, uh, so I didn't know the story. So I was completely fascinated by it. And then, of course, Gareth, I read your book, <laughs> and uh, which I enjoyed immensely um, uh, uh, about um, her, about the Queen Mother. And, of course, you realize what a, a remarkable woman she was um, and how spirited. I mean, you know, pale chiffon and nice smiles with her head on one side told one story um, to, a pub to the public. But in real life, she was very spirited, extremely clever, knew what exactly what was going on and um and uh, uh, was a force to be reckoned with i think in the family and as she got older i think she got quite you know she couldn't get around as much as she used to and she wasn't sent on while the queen was having her 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 children of course she 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 did a lot of work um, abroad and um, went on state visits and things when the Queen couldn't go. Um, but then in latterly, and this is where the play takes place, it's um, she's 79 in the play because she went with the century, the Queen Mother, mm. and he was about 45, I think. And um, we see her in her later years where, of course, the travel wasn't so much um, available to her. And uh, also her grandchildren were growing up and not visiting her so much. So she found herself a bit isolated in many respects. And so he was able to fill that gap with um, the receptions that she had to have, um, which she certainly did, and working um, um, 
for different organizations and charities and so on, and the sort of civic side of her life. And he he introduced into those receptions people from other walks of life, writing and entertainment and music and everything. So there was a good mixture and it made it much more lively than it probably would have been in someone else's hands other than Billy's. That's really interesting and I because I think when I was interviewing and that's so kind of you to say about the book, Penelope, thank you. And I I um when I was interviewing people for it, it was interesting how often Billy Talon's name came up. Uh, really about and you know in particular um someone who'd worked as a lady in waiting for for the queen mother said that he really particularly as the years went on and that isolation you're talking about billy really sort of consciously battled against perhaps a sense of depression because i think one of the things that I, this is a foolish thing not to have thought about in someone who, as you say, was as old as the century. But her daughter, Princess Margaret, commented on it and said, you know, there came a point about, nine, you know, the mid-90s where the Queen Mother was just losing all of her friends of her own age. Um, and, and Billy really alleviated that by keeping her entertained and he sort of had a, a fantastic sense of humour, as she did. Mm. When you were researching her, Penelope, what surprised you about her? I think her her knowledge and her um, her her breadth of of of, of the, the, well, it it isn't really surprising of the people that she knew and um, her interest in so many things. I mean, she was really interested um, in so many walks of life, and she had friends from all sorts of areas of life, and uh, her breadth of knowledge. Um, uh, was really marvelous. I also thought, uh, from reading, also I read Hugo Vickers' book. Mm, I mean, she 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 was very staunchly loyal to her husband, and those early years with the abdication and so on were very, extremely difficult for her. And um, she had an abiding, apparently, an abiding dislike for the Duchess of Windsor, and um, who was. Um, uh, um, David, um, the king, the the king who abdicated, who he married, and I think it, her her husband was not going to be king, and I think that was a very difficult time for her in her life. And then, of course, the war. And but before the war, she was glams where she lived in Scotland. That had been turned into a hospital in the First World War. So she was busy. She was involved with two wars. And she knew a lot about human nature. I think that's what I I really learned from her. Um, also, she she was an Aurorian lady. She was not of this century, really. She was um, she was a, a she she had never gone to school. She had a very different sort of upbringing. And and she was in these days she would have been thought of as very politically incorrect <laughs> but that was that she went with her times you know and um she uh but she embraced everyone i tell you what i think about her i think she was the most um she had the, the, she 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 didn't have any of those um she wasn't at, at all racist or worried about um uh, people being homosexual or any of those things that was not a concern to her she was very keen on the commonwealth she was very she had a lot of 
gay people working for her, and she got on extremely well. She found them very, very creative and entertaining. And and also they were very, very loyal because, mm. of course, without big families and, and children of their own, they were able to devote their time and their energy. And um, as someone, I think, as Billy says in the play, in the 50s, the only glamorous place to be was at court because we were suffering from... Um, uh, um, the, the aftermath of the war and there was rationing and life was very bleak but the only sort of place where there was any sparkle if there was sparkle was in the was in the, in the in the court so they made this little court in Clarence house and um it was separate but you know it was quite difficult she was a widow for a very very mm. long time um from 52 age of 52 until she died and she had been the queen and she had been the empress of India and <laughs> all those things that we had then because, of course, we had an enormous... I mean, when I was at school, most of the map was pink, which was sort of where we were. Well, the empire was, things. yeah. Yes, the empire was. So, of course, that is, that's different now. And um, um, uh, very different, and thank goodness it is different. But she... She had known another time, but she had enormous friendships with people all over the world and um, was completely without any um, side to her as far as uh, as that was concerned. Because it's interesting. I do think, you know, there is a, there is an assumption. And when I was writing about her, I think a lot of people were very confident that she had been racist. And I really searched long and hard to, to see was there you know some any evidence of that and i find it to the contrary actually and one thing i i did not know which i find fascinating and it's one of those things that you think it's another incident where you think gosh that would be a brilliant two-hander was in the 1990s nelson mandela said that she was his 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 audience with her his meeting with her was his one of his favorite parts of his visit to britain and the two of them spent so long talking that both of them were late for a dinner in mandela's honor um which i just think would be a fantastic play as well because of course you don't know what they said when when, yeah. when when they were when they were talking i also but she was very she was very up with what was going on you know yes. she didn't she didn't miss a trick she knew about riots she knew about all sorts of things i mean she she and the racist riots in 79, which is when our play is set. Um, but there's a world going on outside um, the, the Clarence House, which was very disruptive. And uh, it was just before Mrs. Thatcher came in and there were strikes and there were riots, race riots. And she knew all that was going on. She knew about it all. I mean, and of course, she worried about it all. But of course, she was a lady of 79 at the time. So, um, uh, you know... Um, she, but she was aware of what was going on outside. I, I mean, the times then are rather like the times we're going through at the moment, I think. I think so. And, and that sort of brings me to, to my another point, which is that in a life that long, she must have seen history recycle itself in front of her because I suppose sort of the horror and the really kind of open and vituperative racism that there could be in the 1970s, at that, particularly towards 79 with the riots, I, I don't think she missed the similarities between, you know, the, the fascist marches through the East End in the yeah. 1930s. And, and she had seen at, at very close quarters 
the rise of Mosley and 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 the the strength of the pro-Nazi appeasement brigade as opposed to the, the anti-war appeasement brigade um, that she had witnessed. And, that, and there's that famous photograph that I think was completely taken out of context where she's um, laughing and at, at, with the Nazi salute. And if you watch the rest of it, she's making fun of the Nazis. She's, it's 1933 and she's making fun of the Gusteps and things like that. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I think... I think maybe some that there was a, you know she was someone who in the 1930s at the start had that naivete jolted out of her as time went on and she realized that the Nazis, she'd been laughing at something that wasn't funny. Well, if, I think a lot of people mm. originally thought they were sort of they were something that would come, come and go, um, and then of course were rudely brought to reality by the. the when Hitler, you know, and the brown it was Hitler and the brown shirts, and then that evolved into something much more sinister. And, of course, the Second World War and the Holocaust and everything. So I think she was aware of that. And, in fact, I have a, um, I have a speech in the play where I say each generation, in thinking they invented something new, where, in fact, they're just seeing it for the first time. Oh, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. That's yes. that's very useful for a historian to have that phrase up their sleeve. That's br- yes. that's superb. Yep. And yes. I and I suppose um, Penelope, one thing that you've talked about research and and with my book and Hugo Vickers' book, which is brilliant. There, but there is certainly with the Queen Mother, the, compared to say figures like Elizabeth II, who you also played in the BFG. There's there's not. There's not a lot of footage of her speaking. I mean, there are. There's definitely that head tilt that you mentioned. That's in all the photographs. Yes. But but what kind of footage did you see? And and what? Well, and, I, and find luckily, in the uh, Gareth, I know you, and you <laughs> sent me some. <laughs> and you very kindly sent me. Uh, there is scant. Uh, there is scant footage of her actually speaking. But you sent me what you had, which was her at the races with her daughter, and also discussing. Her, her wonderful gate, which goes into mm. Hyde Park, um, and the, the the drawings for for that gate, and the um, and with the with the architect, I think of that gate, and um, and then also her talking about um, when she took up racing, and um, uh, uh, and her love of, um, I, I mean, she was a, a, a you know she was a girl she was a young girl she came from Scotland so she had very keen on on horses and outdoor mm. activities like uh, fishing, of which I hear it. I understand she was a very good fish. She knew her fl- her, her her flies for you know for fly fishing, and uh, so that's what I excuse me. That's what I got from that, and and so but um, it there's very I gleaned as much as I could, and there is one. Uh, um, when she was 90, she did a very um, good interview with Alistair Burnett from ITN uh, and with her, her her private secretary walking around um, the uh, Royal Lodge Garden and talking about it. Um, and that is ab- about 15 minutes, 20 minutes uh, of her walking around and showing Alistair Burnett and the country, of course, through ITN, uh, through the documentary, um, her, her her garden at, at the Royal Lodge, which is more a sort of a park, really, and talking about what it was like during the war when it was all turned over to providing food. And then the little cottage that Elizabeth and Margaret had, were given by the Welsh, the Welsh um, uh, 
the Welsh people uh, uh, gave her this little Welsh cottage where they they played, you know, as children, um, which all had everything. Um, you could walk into it. I mean, you could sit, but a child could walk into it. And she says in that one, oh, the number of meals I've had here, I've had to eat the most disgusting things <laughs> that they've cooked up for me, but I've had to. And uh, and she says, and then the grandchildren, of course, love it now. So she was... Um, uh, she, she, and then you do get a flavour of her. What I was most impressed about that film was a woman of ninety, who it was her ninetieth birthday, and she goes and she walks down some flagging steps, and then walking up to the little cottage, and th- and she never looks down. She doesn't yes. have a stick. She never looks down. She has her corgis, which we have corgis. I have to tell you in the play, real corgis. Yes. <laughs> They're behaving quite well. I sometimes have to, I sometimes have to clench one of them quite closely <laughs> to keep him on the sofa, and I hope he's going to behave. Um, but uh, they do sort of dash through at times. Anyhow, um, uh, so I, I was most impressed by her. Well, of course, she's as sharp as anything, but also she she's spiritedly walked through the park. Um, like a woman half her age, you know, um, it was amazing. It is. It, uh, that's so funny that you say that, Penelope, because I I remember watching that and and the the dialogue, what she says, and I love yes when she says sort of the disgusting meals the children cooked for her at the Welsh cottage is all very <laughs> memorable. And you know, and then she says, you know, it's going into the next generation, and she still has to eat these horrible um, child <laughs> meals. But it is the sure footedness of it, isn't it? That yes, she, it's it it, it it is, and she's in heels and um yes. and the flowing pastels. And, yes, and the bag on her arm. That, never leaves and, uh, and that i suppose the head tilt always interests me because i think it becomes more pronounced in public sometimes doesn't it it's not always yes no i think it is i i think it's mostly in public i don't seem to in that i didn't think she did it at all no and uh, in the interviews in the in the in the um when she's with prince michael uh looking at the um at the plans for the for the gate uh she doesn't do it at all so you know, it, it was interesting. It was sort of like it went with the waving of the hand, I think, and and acknowledging how delighted she was that people had come to see her or were acknowledging her. And it sort of was like saying thank you in a way, the head to one side, I think. Yes, there's, it's it, one of the people that I spoke with, and I think it was it's not just a great assessment of, of the Queen Mother, but I think goodness if anyone ever it's such a wonderful compliment for anyone but he said you know she was so interesting and interested yes and i thought that was a really good way to 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 put it because i do think she she made and i'm sure some of the events she went to were stultifying for her but that never really seemed to show no no oh she always found something of interest in whatever i think she was the sort of person who was able to 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 eke out whatever it was that it might have been, you know, um, um, something that was out of her sort of, you know, scientific or whatever, that she wasn't particularly, it wasn't a particularly high mm. up on her list of things that she knew about. Um, she was able to find something about it that would be interesting to talk about. I mean, it's a wonderful gift to be able to do that. And I think all the royal family... Uh, um, uh, are very clever at that, at finding something uh, of which they can find a mutual conversation so people don't feel 
anyone is left out. What was wonderful about her is that she's able to include everybody and um, make people also, you know, she was very aware that she was she was a royal family and they have, it was work and, you know, they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the populace. It wasn't like, you know, the country wants a royal, wanted a royal family and I think they still do, but they wouldn't, they take nothing for granted. Certainly the higher, the, 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 the senior royals take absolutely nothing and they work very hard at, at what they do. And I think she, she worked very hard all her life. And I think she passed that on to her, her children and certainly her, her grandson. I think she had a very close relationship mm -hmm. with Prince Charles, the king, and, um, um, enjoyed his company enormously, as I think she did all, all, all the, the grandchildren. But I think he was the first and often the first is the one you have, have got to yourself probably a bit more. And she also had him when the queen very soon was sent away with um, the Duke of Edinburgh and she had sort of, so she she looked after or certainly had him at Clarence House while he was away, while she while the Queen was away. So they have a very, I think they had a very particular bond. I think you're absolutely right. And it, it was, I don't know if it was the last time he was on camera as Prince of Wales, but it was certainly in the weeks immediately before Elizabeth II passed away. But but the then Prince Charles was at the Bremer Games and he was and yes. he was talking to someone and someone on camera caught him and he said, you know, and this is you know, 20, 20 years to the year since his grandmother passed away. But he said, oh, I used to come here with my grandmother and I still miss her every day. Mm. And I thought, you know, I, I, I do think that relationship between Charles III and the Queen Mother is one that doesn't often get a, a lot of attention. And mm. I wanted, well, to, we've spoken about Queen Elizabeth. Uh, you're co-starring with the wonderful Luke Evans uh, as Billy Talon. How is that work? I mean, I'm sure it's fantastic, but how is it going? It's going very well. He's a wonderful um, actor and um, he, uh, he, he has really got the spirit of 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 um of of, of billy i think um um in all its glory uh, <laughs> yes um because he is quite naughty and they both i mean you know they like to drink i mean he, the, the 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 receptions that the queen mother gave were famous for <laughs> for the bountiful uh um, um, my beef drinks that, <laughs> that were that were offered to people. Do you do Penelope and, when um, I was? You down. couldn't really, you couldn't really say no to Billy. No, I think no, he, he poured through the fingers. They said, wasn't it? If you put your hand, <laughs> if you put your hand over your wine glass to say no more, someone said, "Don't worry." He pours through the fingers. And when I, 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 I had on at Christmas when I was working on do let's have another drink. I had Christmas drinks for for friends. And uh, I was, I was, you know, the spirit of research, we'll call it, the spirits of research, I suppose. I am. Um, I was pouring uh, gins and Duboni, and one of my friends, I didn't see, just by happenstance, didn't see her again until <laughs> Lent. And when I opened the door to her, this was a few months after the party, the first thing she said to me was, don't you ever, ever pour me one of those Queen Mother drinks again. I, I didn't I didn't shark the hangover until the second of February. Um, 
<laughs> yes, I think they. I think they were lethal. Well, she the, seemed to the manage them quite yeah. well, but uh, um, I, I think. Uh, um, I think also when when people were sort of intimate because everybody falls to well a lot of people saying they don't then fall to pieces when they actually meet royalty yeah. and certainly and so um, I think that the the, the 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 drink can give them a Dutch courage which sometimes goes a bit far I think. <laughs> Dutch bravado after a while <laughs> yes <laughs> but it makes for a highly entertaining afternoon I should imagine or rather evening <laughs> well it, it does I would imagine or both as one bleeds into mm. the other. I think, I mean, I'm sure also it, it sometimes, if you notice at cocktail parties or things where people are a little bit awkward, they, they or they're starting the conversation, they the drink becomes a really helpful prop and they sip to yes. have something to do. Unfortunately, yes. in a drink in which gin is the mixer, it's, it's probably... Yes, it's very strong. They are. I mean, she, she, I, I've noticed that in our play, um, people are having champagne, but she sticks to gin mm. Dubonnet. <laughs> she does, and she um, yes. Well, I mean, partly because they. I mean, I the worst thing I took from writing about her Penelope was a fondness for gins and Dubonnet. I wish so much I hadn't. I wish I'd taken something much more edifying. But they were like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I haven't tried it yet, and I must try it. Oh, well, oh, Luke, Luke has tried it and says it's absolutely delicious. It, but I haven't <laughs> tried it. Well, then, I, then let me tell you something, Penelope. That means Luke's tried more than one because the first one, <laughs> the first one is just to break your spirit. It's the second one that's delicious. Oh um, right. <laughs> well, the, I'll, 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 I'll have to go the whole hog one one Sunday. I can't afford to do it when I'm actually on stage because you wouldn't get much of a performance. Or you'll get a very odd performance. Uh, uh, if you, on the night I'm there, Penelope, I'll, I'll wave a light in the audience to tell you to, to tell them to stop serving you. Uh, <laughs> Anyhow, well, I, um, yes, there you go. She was a she was a wonderful woman, and I, I've become extremely fond of her playing her. We must understand that this is this. It, it's got. We go back in time to, um, but the play. You must understand that this is all fiction. I mean, we don't know what went on um, in Clarence's house. We don't know the conversations. We just have the outline of this relationship because we know. Pe I have spoken to people, mm. and um, we have been told, and your book and and Hugo Vickers' book, um, been told about the the wonderful receptions that went on there. But we don't actually know that they said any of these things to each other. I mean, it's not verbatim. Of course we don't. So uh, Marcelo dos Santos, who is this wonderfully talented writer, um, has, uh, has, has created this sort of half-romp, half-very, very touching relationship because we go back in time, too, for when they first met, mm. when the Queen was 52 and had just lost her husband. And Billy came to see her came into her service when he was 15. So there's a scene with them when they started, and there's a scene at the end um, when she, well, halfway through, when in 1956, when she comes back from a party and to an empty house, yeah. and he's there. He was, he, was her, he was her soulmate on those dark evenings sometimes when nobody was around, and he could make her laugh. And he could change her mood, as you have already said um, earlier in this conversation. I mean, I think he did get, you know, he got into trouble um, because he was um, unconventional and sometimes took liberties. And uh, But I think the Queen 
um, I understand, never wanted him to leave her because he knew, she knew how important that relationship was and how he was able to raise, as you've already said, um, Queen Elizabeth's uh, uh, spirits um, in dark times. Well, it's kind of, I'm conscious of this is a Sunday morning and you've very graciously given us uh, <laughs> your time. But I wanted to, I mean, first of all, I think we've spoken off, off mic as it were, but I am, I, as you know, hugely excited to see it. I'll include all the information um, for our listeners in a second. But I just wanted to wish you the very best because, and, and to thank you again because it, it sounds the most, I mean, I'm hugely biased, but it sounds the most wonderful project. Well, it's it's lovely, and I I'm, I can't but um, reiterate that the writer who is a sort of he's his his great influence is Noel Card, and I think um, 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 it's very interesting because Noel Card was an enormous friend of the Queen Mother's. Mm. So um, uh, so that quick repartee is is very much present in in the play. Wonderful. Well, I. Thank you so much again, Penelope. I hugely appreciate it and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you so much. Backstairs Billy by Marcelo dos Santos, directed by Michael Grandage and starring Penelope Wilton as Queen Elizabeth the Queen Mother and Luke Evans as Billy Talon, opens at the Duke of York Theatre London on the 27th of October 2023 and runs to the 27th of January 2024. Tickets are on sale now. I've been Gareth Russell and a huge thank you to my guest today, Penelope Wilton, and to you for tuning in. (laughs) 